Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for GoDaddy's fourth quarter and full year 2022 earnings call. I'm Christy Masoner, Senior Director of Investor Relations, and with me today are Aman Bhutani, Chief Executive Officer, and Mark McCaffrey, Chief Financial Officer. Following prepared remarks, we will open up the call for your questions. If you'd like to ask a question on today's call, please use the raise hand feature in the webinar to be added to the queue. On today's call, we'll be referencing both GAAP and non-GAAP financial results and operating and business metrics, such as total bookings, unlevered free cash flow, free cash flow, normalized EBITDA, annualized recurring revenue or ARR, gross merchandise volume or GMV, gross payments volume or GPV, and net debt. Growth rates presented represent year-over-year comparisons unless otherwise noted. A discussion of why we use non-GAAP financial measures and reconciliations of our non-GAAP financial measures to their GAAP equivalents may be found in the presentation posted to investors.godaddy.net or in today's earnings release included in our Form 8K filed with the SEC. The matters we'll be discussing today include forward-looking statements, which include those related to our future financial results, our strategies or objectives with respect to future operations, including our approach to capital allocation, new product introductions and innovations, and our ability to integrate acquisitions and achieve desired synergies. These forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that are discussed in detail in documents filed with the SEC. Actual results may differ materially from those contained in forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements that we make on this call are based on assumptions as of today, February 14, 2023, and except to the extent required by law, we undertake no obligation to update these statements because of new information or future events. With that, here's Aman. Thank you, Christy, and thank you all for joining us today. GoDaddy's mission is to make opportunity more inclusive for all. We achieve this by providing sage guidance and robust tools so our customers can have a one-stop shop with GoDaddy. GoDaddy is delivering tools that help our customers get online and start their digital journey. Tools that merge the in-store and online experience for their customers and bring commerce to every surface. This empowers them to focus on running their business. Today, Mark and I will cover our 2022 financial results and key accomplishments in the context of our three-year plan laid out at Investor Day last February. We will also share more information on our progress especially in commerce and the continued opportunity there and managing our P&L in the face of an uncertain macro environment. In 2022, GoDaddy delivered 4.1 billion in revenue, growing 8% on a constant currency basis and over 1 billion in normalized EBITDA, driving a 25% margin. Free cash flow increased 13% leading to a 22% increase in free cash flow per share of $6.20, higher than our 2022 targets. Our strategy, direction, and priorities continue to be consistent with our three-year plan as we work to empower new customers and our large base of existing customers with more of our product offerings, including enabling commerce on every surface. I will go into a bit more detail in the commerce priority section, but just to touch on it now, in about 18 months, GoDaddy has added incredible new products to our lineup, 
including omni-commerce offerings with websites plus marketing and our newly launched SaaS solution, Manage WooCommerce Stores on WordPress, Payable Domains, PayLinks, Pay Buttons, and much more. Our previously announced commerce offerings are now fully in market. And today, we're adding to that lineup with an exciting new partnership with FIS WorldPay to be their preferred provider of omni-commerce solutions for U.S.-based small business customers and bank partners. The teams are already working together, and we are receiving positive feedback from customers. We remain confident in our long-term growth potential we outlined last year in our three-year plan, but also recognize that these top-line growth targets may be challenged in the short term. As a result, we've taken some aggressive and disciplined actions in our cost structure that will result in over 100 million in annualized cost savings, preserving our ability to achieve profitability targets even in a weak economic environment. These actions include deeper integration of some of our acquired brands, an overall reduction in vendor spend, and an 8% reduction in our global workforce. We will continue to make prudent and thoughtful investments in our top growth areas and priorities of driving commerce through presence, delivering for web pros, and innovating in domains. As always, I will share a bit about our key priorities on this call and focus more on commerce this time. On driving commerce through presence, at Investor Day, we shared our vision of connected commerce, which is about bringing commerce to every surface. Our goal has been to launch products and capabilities they engage the commerce customer early in the life cycle, which might be a payable domain or a pay button on a website plus marketing freemium website. We have made tremendous progress in this direction through the broad release of payments into our website builders, domains, pay links, pay buttons, and more. In Q4, we furthered our reach by enabling GoDaddy payments by default in all new commerce websites. In January, we rolled out our payments by default out to new domain purchases. Most of our new offerings have been in market in the U.S. for less than a year, and we are just starting to engage our base. So I'm happy to share that our customers transacted $760 million of gross payment volume in 2022. GPV has been accelerating, and we are looking forward to sharing this metric with you regularly. We have also launched our new Omnicommerce SaaS offering on WooCommerce and WordPress called Managed WooCommerce Stores. This product is targeted at the larger end of our micro-business customers, giving them the flexibility and ability to scale to their needs. Merchants can sell on a highly performant website, sell in person using GoDaddy terminals and via marketplace and social channels, with shared payments and inventory. We are excited by the opportunity and potential this offering brings to customers who need a more robust solution. We are also leveraging our managed WooCommerce stores offering in our new partnership with FIS WorldPay. FIS WorldPay is a market-leading merchant services provider, and we will be their preferred provider of omni-commerce solutions for U.S.-based small business customers and bank partners. 
FIS WorldPay provides payment strategies and technologies to over 1,400 financial institutions, including more than 700 credit unions throughout the U.S., supporting over 33 million debit cards and processing more than 15.7 billion transactions each year. Bringing together FIS WorldPay's reach and our commerce products will create a significant new offering in the marketplace. And briefly, on supporting GoDaddy Pros, we have continued to improve our product offering and have started to integrate more deeply some of our acquired brands. While these projects are complex, they will lead to a much better customer experience and lower costs. For one of our key brands, Media Temple, we informed all customers in December 2022 and will be sunsetting the brand over the next three months. And while I already mentioned our new Omnicommerce SaaS offering, we are actively testing price points that best appeal to our web pros customers and audience. Our third priority is innovating in domains, and we continue to add value into our aftermarket platform. In Q4, our Dan.com integration reached a critical milestone six months ahead of schedule by launching Dan listings on our Afternic platform. All Dan users currently opted in for the distribution network will now benefit from greater exposure as their inventory is automatically integrated into the Afternic domain listing service network. This milestone was accompanied by numerous other enhancements such as bid and offer history that further optimize the aftermarket experience. Payable domains is at 100% enabled in the U.S., and we will be ramping up the marketing launch in a couple of weeks. As you recall, payable domains are branded pay links that create a secure checkout page, shareable via link that enable U.S.-based domain name customers to begin accepting payments shortly after they purchase a newly registered domain, even if they do not yet have a website or online store. For any domain purchased, existing or new, customers can already access the respective payable domain through their GoDaddy dashboard. Combining the ability to accept payments with the credibility of a domain name enables small businesses to get up and running easily and quickly. While this capability has been rolling out over a few months, we're thrilled and ready to be fully in market, giving GoDaddy domain customers a truly differentiated domain with expanded payments capabilities. In closing, we are pleased with our quarterly and annual financial results. We delivered while operating in this difficult environment. More importantly, we are proud of our progress against the key initiatives that we outlined last year at our investor day. We remain incredibly excited for the future. We are building on our unique market leading position with identified abundant long-term opportunity, bringing together our customers' digital identity, their presence, and connecting commerce to every surface. Being this one-stop shop for our customers is at the center of our strategy. We are committed to continuing our pace of innovation, participating in our customers' success, intently focused on delivering strong financial results, and as always, growing shareholder value. With that, here's Mark. Thanks, Aman. Hello, everyone, and thank you all for joining us. 
Last year, we hosted a comprehensive investor day where we shared our financial goals for the coming three years around revenue growth, normalized EBITDA, free cash flow per share, and share buybacks. GoDaddy turned in a strong year against those financial goals, delivering revenue of $4.1 billion, normalized EBITDA of $1 billion, free cash flow per share of $6.20, and executing $1.3 billion in share buybacks, meeting and exceeding our targets. While revenue growth has moderated in the short term, we remain confident in our ability to deliver the profitability and cash flow we outlined at Investor Day and feel the strategic steps Amon described earlier will serve as tailwinds for accelerating our pace of growth going forward. We also remain committed to completing our share buybacks authorized by the board last year. Reviewing our annual financial results, total revenue is $4.1 billion in 2022, growing 7%, excluding a point and a half of FX headwind, total revenue for the year would have grown over 8% on a constant currency basis. Applications and commerce revenue for the year grew to $1.3 billion, representing 13% growth, and core platform revenue for the year totaled $2.8 billion, representing 5% growth, both in line with the targets we set last year. International revenue was $1.3 billion for the year, representing 5% growth. Excluding the FX impact, international growth would have been 8% on a constant currency basis. Total bookings in 2022 was $4.4 billion, growing 4% or 6% on a constant currency basis. Full year unlevered free cash flow grew to $1.1 billion representing 14% growth in line with our guide issued last year. Free cash flow grew 13% to $969 million. Free cash flow per share increased 22% to $6.20 per share, ahead of our investor day target of $6. Lastly, full year normalized EBITDA grew to 16%, topping $1 billion resulting in a 25% margin for the year, which is an expansion of two points over the prior year. Moving on to our fourth quarter results, total revenue topped $1 billion, growing 2% or 4% on a constant currency basis. International revenue grew 3% or 8% on a constant currency basis. Applications and commerce revenue grew 11% to $333 million, in line with the guided range of 10 to 12% for the quarter. Growth in applications and commerce was fueled by continued adoption of our Create and Grow products, email attach, and increasingly, the adoption of GoDaddy payments and the related hardware sales. The ARR for applications and commerce grew 9% to $1.3 billion dollars. With that, the ARR from our Create and Grow products grew 8% to $445 million. Additionally, annualized GMV across the GoDaddy ecosystem grew 10% to approximately $28 billion. Furthering our efforts to provide more visibility into key growth areas of the business, we will share a new metric demonstrating our progress with GoDaddy payments. GPV 
represents the dollar amount of payments processed on the GoDaddy payments platform. With Q4 as the first quarter with commerce fully launched on every surface in the U.S., GPV has already grown to an impressive $760 million. Core platform revenue decreased 2% to $707 million in the fourth quarter, primarily due to the tough compare to the year-ago quarter when aftermarket benefited from some larger-than-average transactions we have discussed previously, as well as a modest decrease in our hosting business. As previously mentioned, the hosting business has outsized exposure to uneven demand in Europe, as well as FX pressure. ARR for the core platform grew 1% to $2.3 billion. Q4 bookings grew to $1.1 billion, flat, year over year, and growing 2% on a constant currency basis. Applications and commerce bookings grew 7% on the strength of website-less marketing, email attach, and hardware and software sales. Core platform bookings decreased 3% year-over-year on tough aftermarket compares noted earlier, and due to softness in the broader hosting business. Gross margin was down slightly for the quarter, primarily due to product mix. Payments revenue will put some pressure on gross margins as the revenue stream gets larger in the future. However, there are relatively low incremental operating costs once those customers are acquired and set up on GoDaddy payments. So we expect payments to be highly accretive to normalized EBITDA as we scale. Normalized EBITDA in Q4 grew 5% to $266 million, representing a 26% margin and an expansion of 70 basis points in the quarter. Continued discipline in spending allowed us to increase our margins at a rate higher than our bookings. GoDaddy's high brand awareness and the effectiveness of our in-house bidding algorithm allowed us to drive efficiencies in marketing spend. We also continued to drive leverage in customer care. Unlevered free cash flow grew 17% to $238 million, while free cash flow grew 16% to $202 million, delivering $1.29 free cash flow per share in the quarter, a 25% increase over last year's Q4 free cash flow per share. Turning to the balance sheet, we exited the year with $774 million in cash and total liquidity of $1.8 billion. Net debt landed at $3.1 billion, below three times net leverage on a trailing 12-month basis and near the midpoint of our market. Our share rate purchasing dollars. We purchased more we repurchased 17.2 million shares, which has reduced our fully diluted share count by approximately 10% since the beginning of 2022, on target for the 15 to 20% net reduction for the three-year period. On customers, over recent years, the way we generated revenue has evolved through our expanded offerings to our customers, resellers, and partners. 
we will continue to use metrics like ARR, GMV, and GPV to show the health of our business and the progress towards our strategic goals as discussed in Investor Day. As a result of the way our relationship with customers is evolving, we have updated the way we measure and report our total customers. In addition to paid subscriptions at the end of the period, we will now include accounts with paid transactions in the trailing 12 months and exclude accounts that have converted to free versions of our software. These changes do not meaningfully affect the historical customer growth or retention trends previously disclosed. We believe the updated definition more accurately reflects the dynamic customer lifecycle and provides more detail around the overall strength of our historical cohorts with a continued focus on long-term customers with a higher propensity to spend. Under the new definition, in 2022, ARPU increased to $197 compared to $187 and $170 in 2021 and 2020, respectively. Retention rates remain consistent at 85%, and customer count increased to 20.9 million in 2022 compared to 20.7 and 20.1 million in 2021 and 2020, respectively. Moving on to our outlook for Q1 and for the full year 2023, let us start by covering several notable events. In January, we signed a partnership with FIS WorldPay to be a strategic reseller of our omni-commerce solution for the U.S.-based small business customers and bank partners. This arrangement is expected to drive growth in the second half of the year and will contribute to our commerce strategy through increased reach of our omni-commerce offerings and website attachments. We are excited about the launch of this partnership in 2023 and the momentum this gives our application and commerce segment going into 2024 and beyond. On restructuring, we took certain actions necessary to align our structure with the current economic environment and position ourselves for future growth. This will result in annualized savings of approximately $100 million through a combination of a reduction in workforce, reduced spending, and integration of certain European brands and businesses within our core platform segment. This will also result in a modest headwind to core platform revenue of 100 basis points in 2023 as we sunset certain brands. We expect estimated restructuring and other related exit charges of 55 to $65 million, with most of the charges to be recognized in the first half of 2023. In Q1 2023, we are targeting total revenue of $1.03 to $1.05 billion. This represents 4% growth at the midpoint of the range and includes approximately two points of FX headwind from prior year bookings. Excluding this, the midpoint of our guidance would imply approximately six points of growth. We expect normalized EBITDA margin during Q1 to be in the range of 24 to 25%. For the full year, we expect total revenue to be within a range of $4.25 to $4.325 billion representing growth of 5% at the midpoint of the range. 
This outlook is inclusive of approximately two points of headwind from FX from prior year bookings and the anticipated brand integrations mentioned above. In applications and commerce segment, we are projecting revenue growth of 8 to 10%. In core platform, we are projecting revenue growth in the range of 2 to 4%. Normalized EBITDA during the year is expected to continue to grow with a targeted margin of approximately 26%. As a reminder, as we scale our commerce offerings, gross margin will be pressured and is expected to be in the low to mid-60s range. As we gain operational efficiency in commerce, this is expected to drive incremental normalized EBITDA margins. As we have shared previously, we have multiple levers within our control to drive margins while we continue to invest in the business. This allows us to strike a balance and continue growing revenue while achieving operating leverage down the income statement to drive sustainable shareholder value over the cycle. You have seen our recent record of accomplishment of delivering against our margin targets, and we are confident in executing on our profitability goals this year, regardless of where we land within our revenue guidance range. For the full year of 2023, we are targeting free cash flow of greater than $1 billion and unlevered free cash flow of greater than $1.2 billion. We remain on target to deliver free cash flow per share of more than $7 and are committed to returning capital to the shareholders under the remaining buyback authorized by the board in 2022. As stated in the past, our capital allocation strategy remains unchanged and we will continue to evaluate our use of cash options on a quarterly basis. We expect capital expenditures of approximately $50 million, income tax payments of approximately $30 million, and cash interest payments of approximately $170 million. Moving forward, we will share ARR, GMV, and ARPU and customer count quarterly. We will share GPV and retention rate annually. Taken together, these metrics provide a more comprehensive view of GoDaddy's expansive business over time and provide a view into the revenue growth and profitability as we continue to expand customer lifetime value. These metrics may fluctuate based on acquisitions, integrations, divestitures, and seasonality. That said, we are in an advantaged position. Given our ability to provide an ever-growing suite of solutions to a large embedded customer base. In summary, we are proud of our strong and resilient business model, where we are mission critical to our customers. We are confident in our ability to deliver the profitability and cash flow we outlined at Investor Day, and feel the strategic steps taken this quarter will serve as tailwinds for accelerating our pace of revenue growth going forward into 2024 and beyond. Our predictable model provides us the visibility to make prudent business decisions and allows us to remain resolute in operating our business to grow long-term value for our shareholders. With that, I will hand the call over to Christy Masoner, who will be leading the Q&A. Thanks, Mark. Sorry about the technical difficulties uh, in the middle of the call. Our prepared remarks are posted to investors.godaddy.net for reference. 
As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please use the raise hand feature on the bottom center of the webinar screen to be added to the queue. Our first question comes from the line of Aaron Kessler from Raymond James. Aaron, please go ahead. Great, let me unmute there. Thank you, and uh, congrats on the on the year. Uh, maybe just first on the on the revenue growth, can you just provide a little bit more details? How are you thinking about 2023 revenue growth? Maybe between customer growth and pricing. And does guidance include any maybe pricing increases or just your general thoughts on ability to raise pricing in the future as well? Thanks, thanks, Aaron, uh, and uh, thanks for the question. Uh, when we look at 2023, uh, we're looking at a few things that are uh, within our growth rate. Uh, one, we're, we're going to have some headwinds related to the FX in our bookings uh, in 2022 rolling through uh, the first part of the year and therefore impacting our overall growth. Uh, second to that, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, integrations we're taking into effect and we've put some headwinds related to those into our numbers. I think when you look at us overall and take into account those, you know, you're looking at around a 6% annualized growth rate uh, before that. Uh, when it comes to pricing, you know, always nuanced for us. We, we have a broad set of products across our uh, customer base. Well, we continue to look at, you know, opportunities to price within the market, uh, where we can take mark, you know, where we can, we can take the price and we continue to look for opportunities to take market share where we can. And, um, you know, obviously there's a, a lot of things going on coming into 2023. We've assumed that, uh, some of the, the macroeconomic environment that we've seen in the, you know, second half of 22 persists throughout the year. Uh, and we think we'll have some acceleration related to some things that we've talked about in uh, before around commerce. Uh, and, of course, we're excited about the uh, new WorldPay uh, partnership that we signed recently. That's right. And maybe I'll just add that all of those factors are included in the guide, as Mark would norm- normally say. And we take those actions, especially pricing, into account, you know, when, when we do the guide. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes to the line of Matt Bow from William Blair. Matt, please go ahead. Hey, great. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, wanted to just expand on those macro comments a little bit. So if we look at the uh, your commentary, it seems like retention rates have held steady. So on, on the macro side, is it just more in terms of you're seeing lower demand and 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 why might that be? And then when we look at those customer addition numbers you gave, how should we think about the net additions for 2022 uh, in terms of uh, rolling that forward and, and what should be a reasonable net customer addition expectation? Yeah, Matt, I can start with that and maybe Mark can cover a couple of the items just to step through uh, all those items. Overall, when we look at 2022, retention rates continue to be strong. We talk about 85 plus retention rates for our customers, and we're very happy with those. What we have talked about through the year was that our customers did see some headwinds, so we did see a little bit of pressure on that number. We also talked a little bit about the gross ads being slightly weaker on the, uh, you know, I think in the last call. So it's a combination of those factors that really impact the net ads for 2022. Uh, Looking into 2023, I don't know, Mark, if you want to touch on just We don't guide to net ads particularly, but we're generally assuming the same demand patterns uh, going in from 22 to 23. And we're continuing to expect the same strong retention rates for the company because we're showing up every day delivering the great products and the great service. So we, we continue to expect those to continue. Great. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, we continue to focus on customers with a greater propensity to spend with us, and, and that will be our focus. And as we noted in our stated remarks, our, our definition of a customer is changing, and we're dealing more with resellers. We, uh, we signed a partnership with WorldPay that we announced. Uh, in, in certain cases now, through those agreements, we'll have access to their customers, but they will be our customers. So the ongoing definition and nature of net ads will change and become more broad for us going forward. Uh, we're going to continue to focus on ARPU, going to continue to focus on being a one-stop shop, and we're going to continue to focus on making sure that we can provide all the benefits to our customers going forward. That will drive our growth. Great. Thanks for taking my question. Appreciate it. Our next question comes from the line of Trevor Young from Barclays. Trevor, please go ahead. Great, thanks. Um, on the decline in core platform rev in the quarter, can you just talk about what areas were maybe stronger or weaker versus your own expectations? Was it greater declines in hosting and security, or was it aftermarket slowing and converging with core domains, or was it just the overall softer customer growth? You know, appreciate the comments, Amon, on the, the gross ad cadence and that sort of thing. And then any color on how fast aftermarket is actually growing or how large it is as a percent of revenue, just any update there would be appreciated. Yeah, perfect. Maybe I'll start with the the drivers within our core platform. And, and consistent with what we talked about coming out of Q3, uh, we were seeing we are continuing to see pressure on the aftermarket. Overall, it's still contributing about six percent growth to our, our revenue today, coming out of the year, uh, and is about ten percent of our overall revenue. Uh, so we're still seeing progress there, just not at the pace that we saw in 2021. And also, we talked about in Q3 uh, hosting, we're seeing, you know, impacts around the European market for hosting, especially when you take it outside of the GoDaddy core platform, host hosting platform. And we continue to uh, uh, see uneven demand and pressure on retention, rate, retention rates in that business. Uh, overall, you know, those are the things that I think have been consistent when we saw Q3 looking at Q4 and we see that, you know, going into Q1 of 2023. And I, and I think, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pause there because I forgot the second half of the question. Yeah, you, you really addressed it with the aftermarket piece, just how, how large it is. Um, but just to dovetail on what you were answered there, Mark, um, the brand that's being sunset, is that specifically a hosting product? So we should expect that trend to kind of continue or perhaps even worsen. Yeah, the, the brand we're talking about is Media Temple, uh, and it is a big hosting brand, uh, for GoDaddy. Great. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Clark Jeffries from Piper Sandler. Clark, please go ahead. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking the question. Um, firstly, on the WorldPay partnership, you know, encouraging to hear that that arrangement is expected to drive growth in the second half of this year. I, I was wondering if we could get a little bit more of the specifics of the partnership what does that reseller arrangement look like? Will will the economics be different for those partnership customers? And then any sense on the ARPU opportunity for those customers? It would seem like those uh, WorldPay customers might skew a lot higher uh, in terms of size of customer compared to your existing base. Yeah, of course, it's too early to talk about ARPU opportunity or sort of the specifics of, you know, how the relationship would develop. But we're super excited about the partnership, given the reach of WorldPay. And you're absolutely right. The small and medium-sized business that's the customer of WorldPay is 
sort of on the bigger end of our micro business customers. But we're ready with the product and putting our products next to world phase reach is going to create an exciting new opportunity in the market. You know, we're, we're looking, it's a long-term partnership between the two companies. Our teams are excited to work together. We're starting to see some customers in the pilot and we're pretty excited about where this can go. Yeah. And, and also the, the launch for 2023 is in the U.S. only. Uh, so there's a lot more opportunity down the road, and we're very, very excited about it. Uh, we have to hit some milestones at the first half of the year leading into the second half. Uh, but when you look at our overall commerce uh, platform and how revenue comes out of our commerce platform, commerce platform, we have hardware and software sales. We have reseller. We have GoDaddy payments. And then we have the attach uh, related to websites list marketing and uh, manage WordPress. And the World Pay Partnership will hit several of those. You know, we'll start with hardware and software. Uh, it'll have some reseller impact, and it'll also allow us to attach directly to their customers' websites with marketing and manage WordPress. So we, we think the ability to drive not only ARPU as we go into 24, but our growth rates around commerce are, are going to be uh, fantastic uh, given the nature of this relationship. Perfect. And if I could just ask one follow-up. You know, create and grow ARR, uh, slight improvement in year over year trends. And if I look at it from, from what you disclose, maybe an improvement in sequential trends. You know, at this point, wondering if I could get your view on where we are in the curve of the macro. Does it feel like we've leveled out in terms of the customer trends and e-commerce? Any kind of comment there would be, would be helpful. Well, it's, <laughs> did you want to? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, maybe I'll go first and you can jump in as well. I, I think, you know, none of us have the crystal ball. It's really hard to, uh, sort of predict the macro. I think we continue to see sort of uncertainty around it. And, you know, we're doing our best to look at the data that we have and look at the indicators in the marketplace. And I'm sure everybody else looks at it as well. Uh, but we're, we're trying to run the business on what we see. And, you know, we're pretty happy with our results. And, you know, we're focused on the execution and what we control. Yeah. I, I, I gave up trying to be an economist in this environment. That's right. Really um, <laughs> We, we have a broad business too. So we see impacts, you know, different in different areas. An example, we've talked about aftermarket and we, we've seen the impact in this environment around our transactions there. Uh, but commerce continues to make progress going into 2023. We're seeing a lot of taking. We've talked about the attach related to websites as marketing when people are coming through the funnel. We've continued to see the progress of our existing customer base or 21 million customers converting over to payments. Uh, we're really excited uh, for the first time that we have all the revenue streams in place and they're making progress towards our, our stated objective, especially as we look at 24 and beyond. So, 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 you know, the, the one thing that we continue to evaluate is our business gets impacted in different ways based on different things happening, uh, which gives us protection overall, but something we need to continue to monitor. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Our next question is from Egal Iranian from City. Egal, please go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, so it sounds like we're you're, you're staying committed to the 15% um, EBITDA and then the, the free cash flow guidance gave, and we're sounds like we're stepping off of the commitment to the to the revenue growth given the um, the macro. But just uh, so first, just thinking about, um, or can you help us think about the, the right way? Um, to think of, to think through revenue growth and where where we should be thinking what you guys are thinking um and and then on on the opex and the 100 million dollar savings get any more call you could share on, on where specifically those those are coming from which which line items 
Yeah, I'll, I'll start and I'm on you, Kid Ed. Uh, so look, looking at our investment thesis going back to investor day, you know, we talked about the revenue growth, normalized EBITDA, cash flow per share, share buybacks were our main components. And in looking at the profitability and the cash flow per share, you know, coming out of 22, you know, we started the year, you know, forecasting 23 to 24% for the year. We're exiting the year at 26%. So we're ahead of target on profitability. Uh, we're delivering cash flow per share greater than the $6 we had targeted at $6.20. So those two, you know, we, we are really happy with our progress. Things like FX and the macro environment, uh, hit our bookings and that booking, especially in our subscription, uh, revenue takes time to roll out. So we're seeing headwinds, uh, leading into 2023 related to that revenue growth. Uh, we also, with some of the actions we're taking or, or building in some headwind on revenue for the integrated brands that we've been talking about. So, so we, as time goes on, we think we are well positioned to be a double digit revenue growth company going forward. Uh, but it will take time for our bookings to roll to our revenue to get back to the uh, tailwinds versus the headwinds we're facing coming into 2023. We feel really good about our ability to meet our other objectives around profitability, around cash flow per share, and we stay committed to our share buyback. So, so a lot of positive there, but we are uh, controlling what we can control and we're monitoring what what's going on in the macro environment. Uh, assuming that, you know, we will see a, a headwind turn into a tailwind as we go into 2024. Yeah, I think you covered it all, Mark. I, I think what I might add is that our success, GoDaddy, is aligned with sort of secular trends around people coming to the Internet, uh, people transacting on the Internet, people wanting to get their idea out there and, you know, be inspired and be an entrepreneur. And that opportunity is huge and we're super excited about it and pursuing it, you know, over the medium to long term. From my perspective, if the top line metrics, if those milestones are moving a bit, it doesn't change our direction. It doesn't change our strategy. It actually allows us to focus the business and put ourselves in a position where we can grow faster and, you know, as the macro improve, be in a very good position to take share. Okay, great. And then on the, on the OPEX, kind of where, where that's coming from specifically. Savings. So a couple of different areas. One, uh, most of the actions were primarily around our core platform segment uh, to give some color of the area. Uh, and then, you know, uh, some of the areas and line items include, you know, HR recruiting, marketing. I think were the ones uh, that were targeted during this event. Um, and, and I think those were the primary uh, things within our operating expense. Um, okay. And then um, uh, last question on um the, the world pay kind of partnership there uh, is really interesting. I, um, I think it's the first, at least major reseller partnership you guys have done. Um, is this a, a shift in strategy and you look to do more, more things like this? And, um, you know, could that become a, a bigger part of your customer growth and kind of future growth? Yeah. Look, our, our path is to see GoDaddy terminals in every store and to see GoDaddy software being used by millions and millions of uh, micro and small businesses, you know, a partnership like partnership like WorldPay gives us access to be able to reach a pool of customers faster. So I would say it's very much aligned to our to our core strategy. And yes, you know, as opportunities present themselves uh, to reach our goals or execute that strategy, we'll look at other opportunities as well. Okay, great, thanks. Our next question comes from the line of Elizabeth Porter at Morgan Stanley. Elizabeth, please go ahead. 
Great. Thank you so much. I uh, just wanted to hit on the, the restructuring a little bit more. So could you help us understand just the restructuring announcement with the context for your outlook on revenue growth to start to improve from Q4 and Q1 guidance? You know, is this more about allocation of resources versus an outlook on, on demand? And then just related, how should we think about reinvestment in the business? So I'll start with the, hi, hey, Elizabeth. I'll start with the Q4 leading into, uh, in, into Q1. You know, when we look at our, our growth and the impact, you know, uh, 2022 had on our bookings coming out of Q4, you know, we, we, uh, we needed to right size our operating structure to reflect, you know, the bookings growth, uh, and the impact it was going to have on revenue growth going into 2023. And, and that's how we looked at it, you know, controlling what we can control from an operating perspective and, 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 uh, you know, monitoring and assuming that the macroeconomic environment we're in today will persist throughout the year. When it comes to investment in tech and dev, you know, we, we, uh, primarily looked at core platform and some of the non-strategic brands around hosting as we started to uh, evaluate uh, where we were going to look at reductions versus invest. And the flip side of it is applications and commerce continues to be an area we invest in. Commerce continues to be a growth driver for us leading into 2024. So when it comes to investment in tech and dev, uh, we continue to push to that. I always use the commentary. There's two things you need to, to have to win in the tech industry going forward. You need innovation and you need to own the customer relationship. Uh, we can continue to focus on both of those, we continue to innovate. Uh, commerce, again, is one of the areas we continue to look for innovation and growth. And obviously, our customer care relationships have been something that has been a strength for us going forward. So those two areas continue to be the areas of investment for us. Great. And then just on the ARPU, um, given the change in customer count, any context for how ARPU grew in 2021 versus the, tw- the 10% that you just reported for 2022? And, you know, how should we think about the level of sustainability? You know, any opportunity there is to actually accelerate ARPU into 2023 just as you improve you know, the attach of commerce and payments? Yeah, we're a- absolutely focused on growing ARPU and, you know, our strategy around bundling more products. And it's something we've talked about over many quarters, right, is about bringing new customers and existing customers to and exposing them to more and more of our product range. So we're absolutely looking at opportunities to increase ARPU. And just to touch on your comment uh, over the years, you know, the trends are similar. We've had sort of consistent ARPU growth over the years and, you know, we're investing and making the right decisions to continue to see that happen. Yeah. Continued focus on customers with a greater propensity to spend uh, mm-hmm. and commerce, we think will be a big opportunity. Uh, you know, we're, you know, 85% of our revenue comes from subscri- our existing subscription base right now. But as we get more into the transactional nature of the businesses uh, and the one-stop shop, that, that'll create an opportunity for us to continue to increase our growth. Thank you so much. Our next question comes to the line of Mark Mahaney from Evercore ISI. Mark, please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, the increased disclosure is a good thing. Um, so uh, thanks for uh, for doing that and doing it uh, quarterly going forward. So you talk about marketing launch for payables domain in the U.S. Do you provide any more uh, color on that? And then um, uh, any color on the timing for international payable domains enablement? Thank you. 
Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, the marketing launch starts in about two weeks uh, with some PR, and you, you'll start to see payable domains really show up in a lot of our marketing collateral, uh, including the site. Today, you can get to payable domains. In fact, you know, I think I've talked about it in the past that just given our large domain size of domains under management, we had to roll this out so we could support all different kinds of domains. We're ready with that in the U.S., now we're just going to bring it to the side, bring it into our marketing, bring it into our merchandising and promotions so that every customer new and existing is able to see it and, and just start to connect the dots for them so that they start to understand what a payable domain is. Uh, in terms of international, you know, obviously we feel this product is is very global, you know, just like a domain name, a payable domain with a uh, with a pay link is just should work everywhere in the world, but no specific timing on international rollout just yet. Okay, thank you, Aman. Thank you, Aman. Our next question comes from the line of John Bayon from Jeffries on behalf of Frontville. John, please go ahead. Hey, John, you're muted. John? Sorry about that. I guess double muted. Uh, thanks, uh, and this is, again, on behalf of... Uh, Rental. Uh, the first question on the FIS World Pay, uh, is there a way to think about, you know, when that is scaled? I mean, uh, you know, what sort of impact it might have on, on gross margin, operating margin? Yes. Uh, so, so as we, ent- we, we think it's going to start to have impact in 2023 as we hit certain milestones. Now it'll be uh, relatively small within 23, but will give us momentum going into 2024. We expect it to be accretive to our, to our margins overall, our operating margins. Again, as we uh, start to scale and the breadth of the relationship is just not about a transactional, but it's hardware software leads to to uh, other fees and then leads to our ability to attach websites with marketing and manage WordPress. That should give us the ability to get operating leverage and improve our operating margins down the road. Very, very excited about this. It, it's a very broad relationship. Uh, again, it's focused on the U.S. right now, but we think the opportunity to go global on it overall is uh, is going to be exciting moving forward. Great, thank you. And then, uh, you know, we're we're about halfway through Q1. I'm wondering, you know, how, you know, what you're seeing in terms of the environment, in terms of, uh, you know, activity and demand trends. I mean, does it feel like it's similar to Q4? Or are you starting to see um, any recovery at all um, with the new customer base? Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the word that we've used in the past continues to work, which is we continue to see sort of uncertainty around what's going to happen you know there is the there is no large fluctuation but even when we look at the geographies when we look at certain products that we sell we do see trends that are different from what we've seen in the long term and and right now you know in any one geography a trend can change very very quickly but overall i'd say over the last couple of quarters we're you know looking into q1 we're seeing some core stability um, you know which is ultimately a good thing yeah, it, it, it's, uh, we, we still think, uh, that the large opportunity is out there for us to, to go gather. Uh, obviously we're, we're assuming the macro environment stays muted a bit, uh, as we go into 2023. Uh, and again, coming back to one of my previous answers, different parts of our business are impacted, you know, differently in this environment. And we continue to see that and monitor that. Uh, we talked about aftermarket. We, we've continued to see, you know, n- not see the large transactions related to aftermarket. So that is something that has continued into 2023. 
Uh, on the other hand, we, we see, you know, greater attach around uh, commerce and, and we're seeing the trend continue to grow throughout the year. So, so we're excited about things going in to the rest of the year. However, we're, we're acknowledging that some of these may, uh, may take some time to develop as they, uh, as we reset our bookings into revenue around our subscription business. Thank you. Our next question comes to the line of Deepak Mathavanan from Wolf, Re- Wolf Research. Deepak, please go ahead. Hey guys, um, thanks for taking the questions. And uh, I just want to ask about the pricing expectations for 2023. You know, there's a lot of pricing tweaks happening in the market currently, given the sustained inflation. Um, can you talk about philosophy, uh, your philosophy in 2023, whether you see potential to raise prices on any products, you know, either on the domain side or on other areas? And then uh, second question, are you seeing any market share shifts in your core products, you know, in domains or in websites plus marketing currently? Yeah, on pricing, Deepak, we continue to have a nuanced approach as I've talked about before. We price our products based on the customer population we serve, based on the geography. Uh, There is also specific bundling and channel dynamics to our pricing as well. We also maintain that we provide services and products to our customers where the value we provide is much higher than the price that we have. So we we do continue to feel that there's pricing opportunity, but we'll continue to be nuanced about it because we are we have added a lot of capabilities over the last year for us to be flexible around how we price and how we market and how we sort of move dollars around within between geos and channels uh, to allow us to get the best return on ad spend. So, yes, you'll see some pricing actions from us, which are all in the guide, like Mark says, you know, but you'll also see some sort of as you see some increases, you'll also see in some markets, some decreases, because our testing clearly shows that there's, room to take share there. And that's sort of our approach to market share overall as well. You know, we're constantly now testing these things. And when when we see an opportunity, we're going to lean in and take market share. And we're able to move marketing dollars around quickly, much faster, I would say, than, than we were in the past. So we will lean in that and take market share. And in other markets where we see opportunity to take price, we'll, we'll take price. Got it. And then if I can just ask one quick follow-up, and I apologize if this was asked already, can you unpack the 2023 revenue guidance a little bit, maybe specifically in terms of how much you expect contribution from things like payments, you know, and some of these other uh, incremental growth areas? Yeah, um, we, we haven't gotten into the breakdown of each of the contributing areas. What, what, what we're looking at uh, in, in our revenue guidance right now is continued, you know, uh, growth in ARR uh, around our subscription businesses. Again, a focus on applications and commerce uh, is, is obviously our higher growing area right now versus our core platform, which we've talked about some of the pressures we've seen around hosting and aftermarket. Uh, we continue to be excited about commerce. We haven't broken down the dollars between all of that, but that we look at that as a contributor. And remember, we're, we, we're looking at some of the, in our subscription business, uh, uh, what I would say a rollover effect of the FX that would be a headwind for our revenue in the first part of the year. But assuming macro condition stabilizes should become a tailwind as we get to the back half of the year, as well as looking out into 2024. So a lot of moving parts there. We haven't gotten into the, you know, this product versus this product type of things. 
We're extremely excited about the progress of commerce. That's the one thing we continue to call out. Uh, we're con- excited about the uh, contribution of WorldPay and the momentum it gives us getting to going into 2024. Again, those around our applications and commerce business. Uh, and we continue to see the, our ability to be that one-stop shop for our customers and be able to, uh, you know, that long opportunity, long-term opportunity that we continue to pursue. Great, thank you. Uh, I'll now turn the call over to Aman for some final remarks. Thank you, Christy, and thank you all for joining us. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank all GoDaddy employees for another good quarter and sort of the focused energy to continue to drive the business and grow the business. Uh, we'll see you next quarter.